Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security and tech-focused podcast that looks at the ideas, patterns, and models that help you thrive in a changing world. All right, welcome to episode 369, starting off with security news. Reddit has confirmed it was hacked, and it's recommending users add 2FA to their accounts. The attack started by phishing Reddit employees and stealing credentials and 2FA codes. And this is why we need FIDO2 and WebAuthn, by the way, so that we don't actually have 2FA codes being sent to users. But anyway, uh, after that point, the attackers went after docs, code, and internal dashboards and support systems, and they don't believe any primary or production systems were breached at this time. An unknown threat actor is targeting companies in the U.S. and Germany with a piece of custom data-stealing malware. Proofpoint is tracking the campaigns as screen time, and they say the group is financially motivated. They say the attack started last October and often include office files with malicious macros or URLs with malicious JavaScript. Also, don't start a podcast while wearing Invisalign. All right, next story here. China is using deepfake news anchors to spread CCP propaganda. The fakes are good enough to convince most people at a glance, but analysis revealed they were likely generated by British AI company Synthesia. Synthesia. Yeah, that's right. The actors used in the campaigns are clearly featured on like the front page of the Synthesia website, and they are Anna and Jason are the AI actors. And they're very clearly the ones that are in these uh, fakes, these uh, propaganda campaigns. And related to that, I'm going to be checking out this company a lot more closely, Synthesia. The deepfakes, I just looked at it online on the website, and they look really good. I mean, the big problem is like the uncanny valley of like the mouth moving versus the audio, and it looks quite good. It's good enough where you could watch it and not be annoyed. North Korea is funding their espionage efforts by hitting hospitals with ransomware. They need money to run the campaigns that steal data and IP from the U.S. and South Korean companies. So they're getting that money by ransoming hospitals and impersonating South Korean workers. It's insane and fascinating to me that this can actually be a strategy for a country, basically to hack to survive. A security researcher was able to gain access to Toyota's supplier management system, giving him full visibility into their global supply chain. And he got in through a JWT bug that allowed anyone with a valid email address to authenticate. The U.S. added six more Chinese companies to the U.S. entity list because, quote, the PLA is utilizing high-altitude balloons, HAB, for intelligence and reconnaissance activities. And that is from the U.S. government. Deepfakes and scams are about to get super nasty, and you can see the uh, Synthesia company or how nasty it's about to be. And got an example here from the Huberman and Rogan uh, archives, essentially. Well, it's not an archive because it's not real, but it looks like it's real. It's actually the camera angle is off, but the voices are perfect, and they're basically pitching some kind of products. So you want to check out that link. The InfoSec community needs you, 
Yes, you, my buddy Leaf's epic blog post on the InfoSec community and why you should take part. Really cool post. Nuclei Cloud. So Project Discovery just announced limited testing of their Nuclei Cloud product. So it gives you remote scanning, scan history, scalable scans, full API control, notifications and webhooks and integrations. And you can sign up for the waitlist in the link in the newsletter. And I'm so excited about this. I'm actually so excited. You've probably heard me rant about their products for, I don't know, three, five years. I'm not even sure how long it's been, but I've recently joined as an advisor as well. So I'm somewhat affiliated with them now and uh, really excited about it. Next one here, grep.app, search across half a million Git repos. And that's just grep.app. And learning SEMGREP, fantastic intro into using SEMGREP in an organized fashion by Joe Rosner. Technology. Almost 30% of professionals say they've used ChatGPT at work. And I bet those numbers are low, or at least they will be in about a month. Twitter says its base API tier will cost $100 a month. So they're actually cutting people off. I know lots of companies that are freaking out about this. But yeah, the base tier will cost $100 a month, and I'm sure it'll go up from there. Twilio is laying off 17% of its employees. And this is one of many that just got added to layoffs.fyi tracking, which is like the best tech layoffs tracker. And yeah, I didn't even write them all down in the newsletter because it was like five different companies and it's just kind of depressing to list them all. But Twilio, I think, was the highest percentage at 17%. Benedict Evans just released his annual report for 2023. It's always full of really interesting trends and stats. And this year's theme is the new gatekeepers. David Guetta used AI to create a fake Eminem EDM track. And he played it live and recorded it, and people loved it. I think he uh, agrees that this might be kind of a future for making music. OpenAI to SQLite provides utilities for interacting with OpenAI APIs and storing the results in a SQLite database by Simon W. And ChatGPT ArcSiv extension, a Chrome extension that summarizes ArcSiv papers using ChatGPT. Got a quote here. One thing I usually do when I first meet a new startup is listen to their explanation of what they do until I understand it. And then I re-explain their startup back to them in the fewest words possible. And this is a quote by Paul Graham on Twitter. And this is very much what I do as well. This is how I think really not just about startups, but about everything. Can I understand it? Can I repeat it back to you? Can I repeat it back to you in a one-sentence summary, in a one-paragraph summary, or can I go off into detail about it? And that's kind of like how I gauge whether or not I understand something at the level that I want to. Humans. Interacting with AI will soon be the most important work skill. Quote, I think that good prompting likely rewards divergent thinkers who find ways to experiment quickly. I think it rewards people with deep curiosities, end quote. I very much agree with this. Uh, obviously, I've been talking about this for years, not even 
months, but yeah, absolutely. Obviously I couldn't foresee the chat GPT thing, but yeah, this, uh, this skill set, the ability to control prompts, the ability to manipulate prompts is really interesting. And I like what's in here with the quote about divergent thinkers and experimenting quickly and rewarding people with deep curiosities. I have, I'm probably close to a hundred active prompts that are running in like Apple notes right now, just like sitting there, I'm tweaking them. I send them over to chat GPT. I get results back. I pretty much after any sleep or any nap, I wake up and I write down prompts because when I'm wondering about how things work or I'm wondering anything in the world, like just now, I just used it to make the aphorism for the week. I said, give me aphorisms related to not resisting change. And I said, you know, a few other things, like it was a whole paragraph of a prompt, but I got back perfect things. And I used one of them for the aphorism for the show for the first time. So throughout the day, I am just thinking of lots of different things, things I wish I knew the answers to, things I wish I had concise, crisp answers to, things about history, things about science, all sorts of stuff. Or if I want to learn something, I'm basically doing everything in this thing. And I've got just tons of prompts waiting to go. And I've got a bunch of series I'm working on. Like, it's just insane. And I, I really feel like the better you are at using this thing, the better off you'll be. But that, that's kind of unrelated. What I really think is that the more curious you are, the better you're going to be at making prompts. So this should be a feedback loop for you. You, you should get in the habit of being more curious reading more, thinking more, having more ideas, reading more books. And then everything you're learning can then get cycled into queries or prompts or ideas or thoughts, right? Which you can then summarize using the tool as well. So it's just this giant feedback loop of like thought optimization. And that's really the way I think about writing as well. So it's like reading, writing, whatever. It's all thinking. All this is thinking. And that's what I love about this new technology is that it just helps you think, it helps you organize your thoughts. It helps you clarify, helps you be more concise, helps you extract the most important things out of a giant body of text, including like Moby Dick or the brothers Karamazov. Anyway, kind of a digression. Hope you enjoyed it. Next one here, researchers have found 27 genetic variants linked to ADHD, which that's probably going to be like a check in the future for whether or not you can get the medicine. Who knows? How do you serve a friend in despair? This is a great piece by David Brooks. I thought it was saving trans kids. Now I'm blowing the whistle. And 35% of Americans say they're better off than a year ago, while 50% say they're worse off than a year ago. And these are the worst numbers since 2009. Ideas and analysis. Custom models are AI's killer app. This is a post of mine from last week, maybe end of last week. Or actually it was a Twitter post, but I just turned it into a blog post over the weekend. ChatGBT didn't create Google's fragility. It merely exposed it. 
This is a Twitter thread. Being a vendor or a virtual CISO versus the real thing. I basically say that being a vendor or virtual CISO is like professional level paintball and being a real CISO is going into actual combat and, uh, hung out with uh, Jason all weekend and, uh, he liked that analogy, although he wouldn't want to post it himself because he's, uh, actually been a CISO and he doesn't want to appear like a gatekeeper and, uh, he definitely isn't right. He's very inclusive there, but. I figured I would say it for him because uh, I definitely feel that there's an emotional difference between getting fired at, knowing that you could die, knowing that you could lose your friends versus doing the exact same technical techniques of like, yeah, you're shooting, you're covering, you know, you're maintaining your weapons or whatever. It's like the skill set is the same, but it's different when you're emotionally like fully engaged. I asked GBT to caricature a New York Times story intro, and it absolutely nailed it. You got to see this one. You'll soon be able to instantly write as any author. This is another Twitter thread I put out last week. And all of these, you just go check the links in the newsletter and you'll get to follow all those. And the fit and finish will soon be done for you. This is also a Twitter thread about AI. Next one here, Bard Highlights. Google's innovation disadvantage. So Google botched the launch of their Bard competitor to ChatGBT. The demo was rushed. It had multiple hiccups, clearly showed a company outside their element. Then one output from Bard showed the wrong answer to a question, further showing that it was half-baked, and the company lost $100 billion in value as a result. $100 billion because the new AI that was supposed to compete with OpenAI gave the wrong answer to a question. And it was, it was kind of bad. So the entire situation highlights the innovator's dilemma, which says small companies are actually far more capable of innovation because they're unhampered by success. Or more specifically, that it's really hard to get a company to build competence in any area that's not their main thing. And especially if it's seen as a counter to their main thing, right? Because AI is kind of a counter to search. So it's even worse when a company simply loses the ability to innovate because the main thing has been so easy and dominant for them for so long. And I think that's exactly where Google is right now. Next one, what's up with all the UFO shootdowns? So here's my current analysis on the UFO balloon shootdowns. And I'm not even really sure if shootdown is a word. Maybe it's hyphenated. Anyway, it seems to me there are only a few options here. One, malicious other countries' equipment, right? Malicious equipment from other countries. Two is like benign equipment from other countries. Three would be our own stuff and we're really bad at internal government communication and like we're shooting down our own like special projects. And four is like aliens, right? So I don't have any particular insight on this, but seems to me that number one is most likely like we're just being spied on and it's probably honestly it's probably china like mostly china maybe some uh russia and iran i don't know those are my feelings i, I would say 90 percent china i don't know like the rest of the 10 percent are the other two countries i have no idea that that's a rough you know in, intuitive guess 
And it feels like this is likely being a common occurrence because I know there were some instances like during Trump's time of like these balloons or uh, UAPs or whatever they are. And I think there's probably been a policy that said, whatever, let them do it in the past. But with the first balloon situation, which happened, what, one or two weeks now uh, in the past, I feel like it's just in the public and governmental eye. So the policy has changed. So now we're shooting them down as a message. I think we're up to four now. And we're basically saying it's no longer cool. Number three, like if we were shooting down our own stuff, that would be sad. Number four, the alien option is the spiciest, obviously. And honestly, I don't see it as that impossible that there are actually aliens here about to intervene when the nukes start flying. Our doomsday clock is closer than ever to midnight. And I could see that there being like a space force dedicated to not letting idiots with nukes destroy themselves. But to be clear, out of the choices that, that I gave, I think number one is probably like 99%, 99.9%, the most likely for me. And aliens, I would say a very small chance, but like, if it turned out to be aliens, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like it, it just wouldn't surprise me. And, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's a high chance to be very clear there. I think it's a very low chance, but it also wouldn't surprise me if it were true. Medium's decline. Everything I said about medium in 2015, 2016, and 2017 now seems to be coming true. Um, essentially keep your content on your own domain. That, that's the bottom line. And this applies to Substack as well, which is basically today's medium. And, you know, feel free to use other software for your blog, as long as you like the URL structure and it's easy to export and uh, migrate away from, but always make sure to host the content on your own domain. And I thought Rihanna's halftime show was quite patriotic. Did anyone notice like all the pro-America, the pro-Jesus? The whole setup seemed to be, well, her, her setup was like red, white, and blue. I think the dancers were the stars. And then the, like the platforms were like red and blue, I think. I, I can't remember, but yeah, lots of red, white, and blue. And I think she's actually talked a lot uh, as an immigrant about like just loving America. I, I, I feel like I remember seeing that, but there was just a ton of patriotism and Jesus stuff throughout the entire production. And as an atheist, I found it refreshing actually. I prefer most any messaging of cohesion and kindness and unity over the division-based propaganda we've had in the last several years. And plus, I, I think the U.S. has a lot to be proud of in the metrics that matter. Notes. Just got to hang with two of my closest friends this week in a weekend, and it was glorious. So it was one of those situations where I could have done it or not done it, you know, because it costs money, it takes time and everything, but I made the decision based on having basically more homie time. And it's pretty much always the right decision to have more homie time. So highly recommended. I'm about to drop the first video in the series called Practical AI, where I talk about a bunch of my prompts and like show how I actually build things with them. And if you're ever into magic, like the card system, the card game, it's, uh, evidently there's a new set out that's like completely insane, uh, which I might try to pick up and play with some friends. 
And the recommendation for the week. This one uh, is actually quite forceful. So get ready for this one. Do not let yourself fall into the Luddite trap with regard to AI, AI prompts or ChatGPT. Do not do this. I know it's tempting, and especially for people in security and people who appreciate the liberal arts, but don't do it. First, at the high end, like the top of the K, this tech is going to magnify creativity and curiosity and art, not destroy it. It'll take out a lot of people that are creativity adjacent, for sure. But if you're a true creative, a writer, or artist of any sort, you'll be able to use these tools to magnify your work. Second, if you become a curmudgeon about this stuff, you will fast-track yourself to the bottom of the K. Not just you, but your peer group. You'll become the old guys yelling at people on the lawn. Don't be them. Don't be that guy. Invite the new kids in for Kool-Aid. Learn the new language. Learn the new lingo. Stay young. Stay curious. Lean into this. Don't be the person screaming at the printing press. Not only will it not help you, but it won't make a dent in like the coming revolution of what's about to happen. This is coming regardless of what anyone has to say about it. And the aphorism for the week, very much in line with that. The only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. The only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, to move with it, and to join the dance. Helen Watts. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.